In Parshas Nitzavim, Hashem makes a covenant through Moshe Rabbeinu with the Jewish people, and Moshe says that the covenant is both with those who are present physically today and those who are not presently today, which obviously refers to those who will still come in the future, which is what Rashi tells us. And the question is, why does Rashi tell us that? Surely it is self-evident. So initially, we believe that Rashi is trying to tell us that the whole Chiddush of this Pasuk is that even people who are not currently present, like those who would be born in the future, or those who would convert to Judaism, are included in this bris. We're going to find seven different reasons why that's not a good enough explanation, and therefore come to the conclusion that actually what Rashi is telling us is not simply that they're included in the covenant, but specifically that the way the covenant works is equal both to those who are physically present at the time Moshe is speaking, and those who will emerge in future, and that teaches us a great lesson about how the Jewish people over the course of the entire history remain one connected, united organism. When it comes to the covenant that was made at the beginning of our parish, it says like this, Not just with you am I making this covenant. It applies to those who stand here today before Hashem, as well as those who are not currently here with us. Rashi comments, Rashi quoting those words, and those who are not currently here, Rashi says that means, that that means that this bris extends even to those nations, those generations, I should say, that are still to come in the future. So what's Rashi telling us? That we wouldn't automatically know. Most of the commentaries point out, what Rashi wants to negate here is, that you might have thought maybe there's some Jews around who were alive at the time but didn't arrive at that particular assembly. Maybe that's what Moshe is talking about when he says those who are not here today. That you cannot say. That's an impossible suggestion because just look at how the parasha began. The parasha began by saying that, you're, saying that you're all standing here, every single Jewish person. So it's unthinkable that of those Jews who were alive at the time, some were not present. The Torah made it clear that every single Jew at the time was there. And therefore the Mephoshim say that has to be why Rashi explained that who is not currently here, those who are still going to be born in the future. But I'm sure you already realize that that's not a clear enough explanation. Because if Taka, the Pasuk says clearly that you're all standing here today, then obviously you realize the Torah already said that everybody who's alive then is at that assembly. So obviously, even without Rashi, you know that whoever is not there must refer to people who are not yet born. So so what did Rashi tell us that we don't already know? That it's referring to future generations. Well, that's obvious. Obviously, it's referring to future generations. And so therefore, all of the Mephoshim want to suggest the following extra insight to help us to understand why Rashi had to point out what theoretically we should have known already. And that's what we're going to analyze in the Sikha, what the Mephoshim was suggesting. Because Lulei Pirish Rashi were not for Rashi's commentary. It actually would have been quite difficult, even though it's logical, it would have been difficult to suggest 
that the Christus Bris applies to people who are not yet here. Generations that will come in the, in the future. Why not? Because surely in the same way as there's a halacha that you can't buy something that doesn't yet exist and you cannot contract with someone who hasn't yet been born, surely you cannot make a covenant with a generation that hasn't yet come into this world. So therefore the Mephoshim tell us that's exactly what Rashi comes to teach us. That that's exactly what the Torah wants us to know. That even though it is illogical and even against some of the laws of the Torah, nevertheless in this situation it is possible to make a covenant to contract with generations that don't yet exist, that haven't yet been born. Why? For two reasons. Number one, firstly, because they may not have been there physically, but their neshamas were present at the time, and so the covenant was made with their neshamas. Number one. Number two, because we have a principle in Torah which says that a child is like the leg, a limb, in other words, an extension of the parent. Therefore, all future generations who are the descendants of these people are automatically included in the Christus Bris. So according to the Mephoshim, it's logical based on the wording in the parasha that it must refer to generations that are yet to come. But that does raise a practical problem. How do you contract with people who are not yet here? So that's what Rashi comes to teach us. Guess what? It can actually happen. And we have two logical explanations for it. Either because it was a, a bris with their neshamas or because it was a bris that occurs because of the way that they are an extension of their parents. And this is where we have seven issues with the interpretation of the Mephoshim. Amnon Tzorich we have to understand the following things. Number one, Aleph. We know, as the Rebbe has explained multiple times, Rashi designed his commentary to be in such a way that a five-year-old can understand the simple meaning of the Prasuk without having to consult other commentaries. Now, <laughs> these concepts that we've just raised, does the five-year-old know them? So therefore that raises a question for us. There's no way in Chumash up until this point that would have taught the five-year-old that there's a principle that a child is an extension of the parent. So how would he know this? How would he be able to assume it? And the truth is, there is no clear evidence in the Pshat that would help the five-year-old know that the Neshamas would be present at this covenant. So therefore, if Rashi's intention is to offer this innovative insight, Rashi wants to explain to us how it is feasible to make a covenant with people who have not yet been born, should have explained it. Where's the five-year-old supposed to know this information? Rashi should have spelt out in clear terms how that is actually possible. Either he should have told us that the neshamas were present, or he should have introduced the child to the principle that a child is an extension of the parent. Rashi didn't do that, so how should the five-year-old know? Question number one. How does the five-year-old know things that perhaps you and I know because we've learned other things that would answer this question? The truth is, it's even a greater question than that. 
Because in the idea <coughs> that those who are not present may refer to future generations, the child could have worked that out on his own, as we already mentioned earlier, because the Pasuk says that everybody who was alive then is present. So a thinking child will say, okay, everybody who's alive is already here. So who's not here? It must be people who are not yet alive. So therefore what Rashi comes to teach us is, not that the words, those who are not here, refers to the future. But rather Rashi is telling us, how it should work, because I know it refers to the future. So now I have the question, how can you make a bris of the future? Rashi hasn't even alluded to a method by which you could make a covenant with future generations. All he said is that you could also, or it also applies to future generations. Which would imply that the main thing that Rashi should be conveying is not there in his words. Gimel, question number three. The truth is that the principle of making some kind of a deal or covenant or contract with people who are not yet born has already appeared earlier in the Torah, and Rashi didn't ever seem to get into the how does it work, so why now? For example, Hashem made a covenant with Avram Avinu, Bris ben Abisarim, that was going to affect his children. Shevoy lacha kama doyres. It was actually going to only apply many generations later. Val derech zebe pashas bechukoisai. The entire principle of contracting with the Jewish people, if you do my mitzvahs, you'll be blessed, etc. In pashas bechukoisai. That's right across the span of all generations. Kain roiv ha mitzvah shetziv ha-kodesh baruch ha-lidei Moshe Rabbeinu mitzvah shenitztavu ha And the truth is that just about every mitzvah, if you think about it, that Moshe ever gave the hidden applies to all generations. So ulefizeh ha-yitzach li-shol gam sham. Surely the question should have arisen already all the way back then in Pashas Lech Lecha or Bechu Koisai or somewhere else in the Torah. Keitzad yitoch in shekrist sabrisim avram avinu ha-yitziv ha-mitzvah s'lamoshe Rabbeinu yochul ha-bnei adores ha-sinim liyos v'chayoitzavoseh We should have asked the question How can you make a deal with avram avinu that is binding for us generations and generations later? How can you make a deal with Moshe Rabbeinu that is binding for all generations? Amikom okeim v'chol ha-mekeim s'ayil o'loi matzinu sh'yashiv rashi s'ashay l'anal Rashi does never tackle it so why now suddenly is it such a big question and Rashi has to ask the question, how do we make a bris with Asher in Enupoi? Dalet. The Gemara, in addition to telling us that those who are not here refers to future generations, also adds that it refers to converts. And the truth is, if you think about it logically, there is no reason to assume that this covenant between Hashem and the Yidin would exclude Geirim. Just like a Ger is incorporated into every other area of Judaism, obviously this covenant is also included. Look at what it says at the list, because at the beginning of the Pasha gives a list of all the different kinds of Jews. It says, that it includes the Gerim. So now, now the Mephoshim wanted to suggest two possible reasons why it is possible that future generations are included in this, in this covenant. Neither reason that the Mephoshim suggests 
according to Pshat, would work for a ger. Because you cannot use the expression that a child is an extension of the parent for a ger. Because their parents were not there at the time of the covenant and they are not the biological children of those who were there at the time of the covenant. So that would fail for them. And according to Pshat, it also doesn't make sense that their Nishamois would have been present at this time to make the covenant. Because according to Pshat, which is the perception of a five-year-old child, when a ger converts, he gets a new neshama. So that neshama wasn't present at the time of this particular covenant. Which means we still have the question, How could a covenant now impact Gerim that are going to come in the future? Because the two principles that we believe would work across the generations don't apply to a Ger. Now let's flip that question and look at it from a different perspective. Because it is the most logical thing in the world to assume that if there's a covenant with all Jews, it must include Gerim as well. Why then does Rashi not talk about it in his commentary? He only says future generations. And he doesn't even say the words similar to what the Gemara says. He leaves out the Gerim. Now, it's logical to us the Gerim are included, so surely they should be part of the conversation. In fact, Rashi should Dafka have highlighted the Gerim because it's a greater surprise to us that they are incorporated in the, in the covenant because they don't have the two reasons which logically we want to say are the reason why the covenant applies across the generations. Vov, now what Rashi has said that the words those who are not here today refers to generations who will come in the future. That is the language of the Medrash Tanchoma. Whereas, if you look at the same conversation as it's presented in both versions of the Gemara, it's said differently. There it says, coming generations. So we have to understand what is the difference between saying coming generations and saying generations that will be in the future. And why does Rashi take the latter? So we have to understand, obviously we know that Rashi gets his interpretation from the Pshat and not from a particular rabbinic source. Seeing as Rashi is conveying the same message as Chazal wanted to convey, so surely it would have been more suitable surely Rashi should have done what he usually does which is to take the most concise expression which would have been coming generations like the Gemara says and not saying generations that will be in the future which is more convoluted and is the Lashon of the Medrash Especially when you consider that coming generations is a more common expression than generations that will be in the future. Seeing as we know that Rashi's attention to specifics and language usage is so precise to the extent that sometimes we learn amazing concepts out of the, the specific language that Rashi uses. 
Therefore, we must conclude that the reason Rashi chose to say generations that will be in the future, rather than saying generations that are coming, is very precise, and it's got a specific lesson to teach us, and we have to work out what that lesson is. And lastly, lastly, Rashi really is only explaining those two words, not here, who's not here, future generations. We know very well that Rashi's choice of headline is very specific. If he's only commenting on the words and explaining that means future generations, why does he include the words? Not only does Rashi explain that, uh, or, or sorry, use that in his headline, but he explains it. He actually explains what Esasher means. That the Christus Bris is also with. Which really just seems like a translation rather than an explanation. doesn't sound like he's really explaining anything. So all of this will be, uh, will be um, addressed and all of this will be answered by one shift in our understanding. Up until this point in time, we understood that what Rashi is explaining to us is how is it possible, because it's clear from the Pasuk that there's a Christus Bris with those coming in the future, and Rashi is telling us how it is possible. Actually, that's what we thought Rashi was telling us. Turns out it's not really what Rashi wants us to know. He wants to tell us something more profound. The explanation is, Rashi doesn't have to explain to us how it is possible that a covenant now should impact people who are going to live in the future. Because it's actually self-evident. This is not a covenant between two humans. It's a covenant between Hashem and people. As the terrorist makes it very clear, it's the covenant that Hashem is making with you. Everybody gets it. It's really, really obvious that Hashem can make a transgenerational covenant. Why? Because Hashem is not bound by any limits, certainly not the limit of time. Okay, parenthetically, the Rebbe will quickly just address how, even though the wording in the Pasuk is Anoichi, don't think that it's Moshe saying, I am human. Moshe making a bris with you. It's Hashem speaking through him. So, when Moshe uses the words, I am making this covenant, as everybody knows, it's obviously not a covenant between Moshe and the Yidden. Rather, it is a covenant between Hashem and all Jews, Moshe included. So the logical reason why Moshe says, I am making the covenant with you is because he was the one facilitating the connection between Hashem and the Eden. Why is this relevant? Because in order to make a covenant, there's actually a physical action that you're supposed to take. As Rashi illustrates, the way you make a bris, he says the way of people to make a covenant is they make something on either side that the people walk through as a symbol of making this covenant. 
And so there was an action that Moshe had to take in order to seal the deal between Hashem and the Yidin. Moshe did that, so anoichi. That's why he's saying I. It's so self-evident that Rashi does not have to explain it. Because, look, the Pasuk started by saying Hashem's making the bris, and it concluded by saying Moshe's making the bris. There's no contradiction. And by the way, it's no different, for example, to where Moshe Rabbeinu speaks and he says, I'm going to give you rain. Obviously, it's not Moshe who's giving rain. Obviously, it's Hashem. And so this would be the same kind of thing. So what's clear to us is we don't need an explanation. How is it possible to make a covenant now that's going to impact generations that will be in the future? Because you're dealing with Hashem and Hashem has no limits. Which also explains why Rashi never addressed this issue previously. He never had to explain how Hashem could give instructions to the Jews forever, or how you can make a covenant with Avram Avinu that would affect future generations. Because the youngest child learning Chumash is absolutely aware of the fact that Hashem has no restrictions. And therefore Hashem can instruct or contract with all generations across the span of time. And therefore, that's not the question. So we originally thought that the question Rashi needed to address was, how do you have a covenant across the generations? We know without Rashi has to refer to future generations because everybody who's alive is currently present. The Mephoshim therefore suggested that Rashi is coming to explain to us now how that is possible. The Rebbe is telling us that's not what he needed to explain because we know that. We know that Hashem can do anything. So what's Rashi coming to tell us? What did Rashi have to teach? Which Rashi tells us in just those sparse words and also he made the covenant, parenthetically, with the generations would be in the future. Rashi is not telling us that the covenant extends also to those future generations. Rather, what Rashi highlights for us is how the manner in which this covenant could happen even with future generations. Meaning, the Pasuk starts by saying, not only with you am I making this bris, and this promise, rather it applies equally to those who are here and those who are not here. That's how we're reading it now. That shows us that it's not just I'm making a covenant with you now that will make those generations in the future equally liable to keep these laws. Rather, what Hashem is telling through Moshe is I'm making a direct connection and a direct covenant right now with you who are standing here and I'm making a direct connection with those of you who are not yet born. And it's going to be the exact same covenant in the exact same way as with those who are currently here. That's the Chiddush of Rashi. 
that the same way, the same impact, the same impetus, the same closeness, proximity, whatever you want to call it, that's happening to future generations as it is happening to Yidin now. This is actually very clear from the, the way the Pasuk speaks, which is actually, it seems to be longer than what's necessary. The Pasuk already told you, you're standing here in order to enter a bris. That's it, you've told me that. Referring to those who are physically standing here, it tells us what the purpose is to make a covenant. The Torah still goes back and repeats and reminds us. It's not limited to only those who are here. But you just told me everybody is here as part of this bris. Why do you have to say it again? The only reason why the Torah repeats a reference to those who are currently standing here is to link them to those who are not yet here. And to illustrate to us that the nature of the covenant between the two parties, those who are currently present and those who will only be present in the future, is identical. And that's what Rashi wants us to know. That explains why Rashi in his headline didn't just translate which is speaking about the people who are not here, but rather the the connector that connects those who are currently standing in front of Moshe at the time of this Christmas priest with those who have not yet been born. And Rashi points out that that means also even with the future generation, which Rashi wants to use to, to highlight two things for us. To show that it's the same immediate, not delayed connection to future generations. Plus, he wants to highlight the to mean you in the future, in 2021, are going to have the same Christmas priests that you didn't have that time where they were standing in front of Hashem. What we learn from this is, not only did Rashi not now have to explain, as we originally thought, that the future neshamas were present as an explanation how the 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 could affect them, or to explain that a child is an extension of the parent. So if you make a covenant with a parent, it automatically affects the child. Not only did Rashi not want to say that, he couldn't say that. Both of those explanations are actually negated by this explanation, according to the simple explanation. In other words, let's say for argument's sake that our logic of why future generations would be included in this covenant would be because they're an extension of their parents. Then it's Tarachloima, we'd have no choice but to say, we'd have no choice but to say that there's one kind of a covenant for those who are living in Moshe's time, and there's a different kind of covenant for those who will live in the future. The covenant with those who are physically present in Moshe's time is with them directly peer to peer. 
והבריסים אשר איננו פוי לא יהוסו אימוי בעצמוי כי אם בתור קרואי דאבוהו. Whereas the covenant with all subsequent generations like us is not a covenant with us personally, it's just a carryover of the fact that our parents once upon a time committed to a covenant and we're stuck with the covenant now as well. Rashi doesn't want to say that. He wants to say that Hashem has a personal covenant with us now as he had with those people then. Likewise, it'd be a similar problem if Rashi were to believe that the covenant made with the people then was in their bodies and with us was our Nishamas. Then you'd be telling me that in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, those who lived in the bris between Hashem and them was both physical and spiritual, connected to their bodies and to their souls. Whereas for us, it's just a connection to our neshama. And that's not what Rashi wants, to, wants us to see in this Pasuk, because Rashi says the Pshat of this Pasuk is that it's an identical connection between us as it was to the people then. This is the Chiddush of Rashi. V'es asher enenu poi. It's exactly the same kind of connection for us today as it was for them then. So taking Rashi's angle. That the simple understanding of the Pasuk is that the covenant is exactly identical even with those who were not present at that time. Which means that there was a direct covenant made then with us, with all generations through time. Not because we are the heirs or extensions of our parents. It's exactly the same kind of covenant with body and soul. Especially when you consider what Rashi told us about the nature of how a bris is made. Fascinating diuk that the, that the Rebbe brings here from a pasuk that Rashi quotes from Yirmiyahu. So what does he say? They made two, the way of making a covenant is you make two things on either side and the people who make the covenant walk in between. And what happens at that point? Like it says in Yemiyo that they took this calf and they split it in half. And they passed through the two halves. When they pass through the two halves, what happens? The two separate parties now become one. That's what the covenant does. It takes the two separate parties and makes them one. Which means whoever walks through those two halves becomes one in this conglomerated reality called this bris. So now that means besides the obvious, which is that the two parties are now united, the two making the covenant are now united, Rather, all of those who are party to the covenant become a single entity. So all of the Yidden, who are, so to speak, taken through the parts, now become a single entity, including us, many, many, many generations later. Now we can understand why Rashi did not even have to mention Gerim. Because when you go with Rashi's approach, which is that the covenant that Hashem made then equally impacts every single one of us right across all of the generations in the same personal way. It's obviously inclusive of Gerim. 
The Pashatu, because it's obvious that when we refer to future generations, it means every single Jew of future generations, no matter how they became Jewish, if they were born that way, or they converted, it includes Geir. Whereas, as we mentioned before, if the only reason we're connected to this covenant would be because we're an extension of our parents, which is something which would not apply to Geirim, or if we wanted to suggest that the original Christus priest with those who were not present was a connection to Anishama, that also wouldn't affect Geirim Kenal. But now that we're saying that it's the exact same covenant that Hashem makes at every point across the historical timeline, that it doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter when you join the Jewish people, you are absolutely personally connected with that Christus bris like anybody else. The other Rabbi. In fact, the worst thing Rashi could have done would have been to list Geir. In fact, if Rashi would have listed Geir and said, even Geir are included, it would have sounded like the Gerim have a different kind of a covenant with Hashem compared to everybody else. Rashi wants us to know that it is a single covenant that was made with every single Jewish person at any given point in time, including Gerim, obviously. Ah, you'll ask, but hang on, in the beginning of the parasha, we mentioned Gerim. The fact that near the beginning of the parasha, Gerim were listed as a class within the Jewish people. That's because that was a conversation where the Torah was listing every type of category of Jews. Because there we were not talking about the covenant, we were talking about how everybody assembled and prepared themselves to receive the covenant. At that point, we can distinguish between the classes of Jewish people. But in the bris, when it comes time to actually make the covenant, when Hashem says, I am making this covenant with you, at that point it is impractical and inappropriate to split Jews into different kinds of people because there's the same covenant with every single Jew, no matter who you are and no matter when you lived. And therefore, we understand why Rashi did not want to use the word Haboim, generations that are coming, even though it's used in the Gemara. And he preferred to say Asidim Liyos, that are going to be in the future because it highlights this point. Now we can understand why Rashi Dafka chose the words generations that are going to come in the future rather than the coming generations. If you use the word Haboim, coming generations, it does not sound like it could refer to something which is totally detached from the present. Because Haboim Pirushoi because logically, Haboim sounds like that which follows from now, like the immediate following generations. So therefore, if you use the words coming generations, even though it's, that obviously doesn't mean those who are currently here, they haven't yet come. It still links them to the immediately current generation. It sounds like, oh, those who are going to come from this generation. 
It sounds like those who will be born from this generation. Sounds like they're still tethered to this generation. In other words, it sound like the current generation is the reason for this next generation. Which would imply that this generation already gives rise to the next generation. Just that they haven't yet physically been born. In other words, it would sound like it would sound like a generation that is an extension of this generation, and that's not something that we want to say. We're going to illustrate this language in a different example, which is quite well known to us from the Rambam. So Rambam says, why do we call it the world to come? He says, not because that world doesn't yet exist. He says that it is a world that exists now, and he proves it from Sukkim. Why is it called the world to come? Because it comes as a result of what you do while you're living in this world. That means to say, In other words, what's his emphasis? Even though it's called Ba, something to come, the reality is it exists now. It's only called coming because it's the result of now. And that's what Rashi doesn't want to say about the generations. Why are they in the breast? Because they bought him. Because they're coming as a result of now, the generation that is now. That works against Rashi's pshat. Rashi's pshat is to say that generation independently has a commitment and a connection to Hashem, has the Christus breast, regardless of whether or not they are a result of the generation that is now. So therefore the expression which says they will be in the future, that refers to something which isn't in any shape or form in existence now, which means not only is it not physically, practically there, but the entire reality of that generation will only come to be in the future. In other words, they're not just simply an extension. That's what Rashi wants us to say. Independent of the generation that lived at the time of Moshe, our generation has a connection and a breast with Hashem. That's why Rashi was so precise and didn't want to use the expression Even though the Gemara used this expression, Rashi did not want to give the impression that what links that personal that 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 future uh, generation to to the bris is because their connection to this generation. Because they're just an extension of the people in the time of Moshe. Which would be quite similar to the suggestion that how does the generation transact across, how does the, the bris transact across generations? Because they're an extension. Also, if you'd say coming generations, which implies generations that come as a result of this current generation, we don't know if Gerim are including, included. It's actually possible that this expression excludes Geirim. Because they're not generations that come from this generation. They come from their own lineage. Because they're not the natural 
outcome of this generation. That's why Rashi Dafka used the expression generations that will be in the future because he wants to highlight Dafka that it's those generations in the future in their own independent sense that have this personal connection and Chris's bris with Hashem. That's why Rashi wants to show us that it has to be that the direct Christus bris between Hashem and each individual Jew applies equally to future generations as it applied to the people who were standing there. And that we don't have a sort of carry over connection to Hashem because of our forefathers. And that obviously includes Gerim. That teaches us a beautiful lesson. There's a beautiful lesson that we can extract from this Rashi on a topic that the Rebbe has discussed often. Sometimes a Jew could be a little bit crestfallen. And will lose that full-blown enthusiasm to be able to do Torah mitzvahs. And may lose the, the impetus to go out and spread Yiddishkeit. Because the person thinks to themselves, who are we? We're just a minority in the world. How can I have an impact? That is answered in this particular parasha. You're right. If we're counting numbers, the Jewish people as a numbers entity have never been a large nation and probably never will be till Mashiach comes. But quantity is something which has its limits, time, and space. And if you look at time and space, we as Jewish people are locked into a particular period of time in a particular geographical location. And that's why we're so small. But that's only looking at things externally. But what is the real growth? What is the real power of the Jewish people? Quality, not quantity. Spirituality, Torah mitzvahs. Every single time that a Jewish person connects to Hashem via Torah mitzvahs, which are beyond time and space, at that moment, you, the individual Jew, becomes linked to every single Jew alive today and every single Jew who ever lived. Now suddenly you're no longer a minority at all. That's what Rashi alludes to over here by emphasizing that it is also also with the future generations. That you're exactly like the generation who stood there in front of Moshe Rabbeinu making that covenant with Hashem. Rashi is telling us that at that moment that Moshe made the Christmas priest between Hashem and the Yidden, every single Jew was there. And not only that, but we were there as a single organic entity. Move on, from which we can derive every time I clearly show my connection to Hashem, which means when I actually learn Torah and do mitzvahs, 
Then at that moment, at that moment, I stand with the support of every single Jew alive and through the, all the generations. And all together, we make a single entity. Then we're no longer a minority, not even in numbers. If that's the case, actually, we're a huge number. And we have nothing to be afraid of. And we shouldn't even be afraid of the amount of other people in this world. How many non-Jews there are in the world. To the contrary, they'll be afraid of us. When we stand strong, all of us today, in absolute unison, which means that it's clear that we're standing together as one. And we're in Nitzavim, which means we're strong even in the face of Hashem's judgment. And we're Zoyche Bedin. And that creates for us a in revealed goodness for every single one of us.